0: Welcome to the Limhanger Turkey Hunt Podcast, brought to you by Grounded Brand and their new Impact 2.0 turkey vest. Get grounded at groundedbrand.com. The Limhanger Turkey Hunt Podcast strives to bring opinions and discussions from all aspects of the turkey hunting community. From legendary turkey hunters who hunted in military fatigues, to the modern day hunters embracing technology while maintaining traditions passed along for generations. All are welcome at this roundtable conversation about one of the wariest creatures in North America, the wild turkey. Stick around. It's gonna be a great show. Well, welcome back to another episode of the Limhanger Turkey Hunting Podcast. Every time I listen to that intro, I'm like, could you sound more redneck? It's like, welcome to the Limhanger Turkey Hunting Podcast. Uh today if you I wanted got to sound redneck,
1: you just should have had me read it.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no kidding. Um we got Adam Cruz. Joey Bell, and our guest this week is Bonds Stanley on the Forty Nine series. Bonds, how's it going?
2: How's uh, going? I'm pretty good. About yourself?
0: Can't complain one bit. We are one day closer to turkey season today, and uh, I'm fired up. Some states have already opened. Uh, Florida is yes, open right now in the southern zone. I'm kind of surprised that you aren't there right this second,
2: Bonds. I'm not sure why I'm not, to be honest. But I'm not. I'm planning to hunt uh, the northern section of Florida. So, but I don't know why I decided that at the time. I just decided I was hunting the northern section this year, and so it seemed responsible. I'm not down in Florida now, but I'm kind of kicking myself. Yeah,
0: maybe. We'll see. <laughs> It seemed like a responsible decision. That's how I would. I would probably like package Florida to my wife. Like you know, Florida opens like actually really early, but I'm not going until a week later because i want to spend one more week with you and then that's right the goal is to be able to hunt more during turkey season probably wouldn't work but today we're going to talk about the uh the 49 state slam the u.s slam correct
2: correct
0: yeah you guys have y'all have corrected me because there's all kinds of there's more slams in the turkey world than there are on like the dang denny's menu um (laughs) there's so many slams i can't keep up with all of them you got the grand slam which sounds amazing the grand slam sounds huge but it's not the big one right am i right i'm looking at adam to just correct me on something i know you guys can't tell but i'm looking at adam to correct me on this <laughs> now
3: now i know where i'm at on your screen no this is the yeah. big one so it it's good to have somebody on the podcast who's uh willing to make the sacrifices go try to go out there and do it too so this should be fun
0: Dude, yeah. And Bontz, you um correct me if I'm wrong, either you're really close to completing it or you just completed it recently like I completed year. it
2: last May. Last May. On my birthday actually. Wow.
1: Nice.
0: Jeez, that's so cool. What was your uh, what was your final yeah. state?
2: Pennsylvania. Oh man.
1: That's
3: really cool. That's, yeah, that's <laughs> close to your house too, right? Where are you from? Uh, I'm from
2: Delaware, so yeah, it you know borders my state, so yeah.
0: <laughs> Wait, time was, out. That Pennsylvania
2: killed, wasn't that close. Pennsylvania borders
0: Delaware.
3: <laughs> Dude, <laughs> we'll my, get you a map after. My geography <laughs>
0: is like so messed up for the Northeast. There, it's all like to me. It feels like Delaware should be a thousand miles away from Pennsylvania. Jesus, man, I'm gonna have so to. So no, we do We actually. Go ahead
2: uh long long story um but i'll sum it up real quick in short it was because i knew that well pretty much the entire time that i was trying to complete the u.s super slam that i put a lot of effort into it my wife and i were a kid and i knew eventually that that was going to happen so i wanted to try to leave some states that were close to home that i could jump to and hunt a weekend if i needed to and so it just ended up being i had hunted pennsylvania multiple times last spring before i actually killed my bird i hunted pennsylvania left to other states killed birds came back to pennsylvania and then there was a couple weeks there where i was going up before work two to three days a week trying to kill a bird in pennsylvania and just wasn't having too much luck until the end of the season so
1: so what do you do for work i'm always curious to hear what you know guys that either complete the slam or and deep into the process of the slam what do you do for work that allows you to hit multiple states every spring
2: i would not suggest doing what i do to anybody who wants to travel to hunt anything um the only way that i've made this work is i've worked for my company for 15 years um, i'm a store manager for autozone and so I've worked for them for 15 years. I've got a good amount of vacation time saved up um, with me being a store manager. I can kind of fluctuate my schedule a little bit. So like before I go to Florida this year, I'm in, I'm going to end up working the first four and a half days, but I have to work so many hours a week, but I can kind of manipulate when I do that. So I'm going to have, you know, probably four days of, 14 hour days and then a short day and then I can get out kind of early and then I can book it to Florida. So that way I can kind of maximize my, my time hunting, but, um, I wouldn't necessarily recommend it because it's it means you have to work, you know, 14, 16 hour days sometimes in order to get those hours in to try to do that stuff. So, but I've figured out a way to make it work. So.
3: So I was sitting here thinking about, like, you know, I guess I got a two-part question. Question number one would be, how long did it take you to complete the 49? And question number two is, is like, to be able to do that, I know you got to take off an extreme amount of days every year to get it done. How many days off are you having to take a year just to to make it happen?
2: That is a two-part question. Question. So the first part, I, in the last five years, um, I hunted 48 states. Um, a lot of those were repeat states, but I did hunt 48 states in the last five years. The only state I've not been to in the last five years was Tennessee. Um, and I'm going back there this spring. The second part of that question, uh, 2020 really, really helped me and I could not have done it without that spring. Um, In 2020, AutoZone decided that if you were out of the state, you had to quarantine for two weeks before you could come back to work. Well, I was in Alabama when they issued that rule and because I was already out of state I had to quarantine for two weeks before I could come back to work there was no stretch during the spring season where I was home for two consecutive weeks so my boss just kind of said I will see you when you can quarantine for two weeks because at the time I was not a store manager Um, I had actually just recently stepped down so that I mean it was beautifully perfect timing um because i'd stepped down to try real estate and long story short i'm still a manager for AutoZone. but anyway i'd stepped down i was given the okay to go travel for the entire spring um and so i told my wife i said look i'm never going to have another opportunity like this so i i i'm sorry but i have to go do this i'm never going to have the entire spring off to go chase turkeys and so i did i Drove back home, saw her for a couple of days, and then I just booked it west and and hunted pretty much every single day. So, to answer your question, as many days as you possibly can get is what you need. Um, you know, I don't know how else to say you need as many days as possible. I want to hunt as many days as possible. So it, it just have. depends. Some states. <laughs> some states take a long time you know i forget the exact number of days i hunted in pennsylvania but it was close to 13 14 15 connecticut was right there 13 days that me in connecticut both of those states took me i didn't kill until my third year going to those states other states i walked into the state found turkey and walked out of the state within a couple of hours so it just just depends but um
0: going and doing this slam like it obviously takes a lot of planning probably a lot of in the moment type planning you know you can't ever you can't ever really like like you just said some of them take you days some of them take you hours to come to complete that state what when did you first decide that it was something that was like that you wanted to do obviously you probably killed some turkeys before it was even a thought in your mind to try to complete this um how long ago was that when you were like, okay, this is my goal to complete this till
2: now when you're finally done? Uh, 2001, to be exact. So my dad has been a traveling turkey hunter forever, way before. And he always used to go to South Carolina to turkey hunt. And that's where I kind of grew up turkey hunting. And my dad came back home um, from a South Carolina trip. And he talked about this guy that he had met. His name was Doc Weddle, and he said that Doc was trying to shoot a turkey in all 49 states. I had never heard of such a thing, but... I grew up also as a competition duck and goose caller, So we traveled the country competing in um, all the different calling contests. I've competed at the world at Stuttgart and um, in East Maryland a bunch of times. So I was used to traveling and used to playing back then. You know, we didn't have TVs and cars and all that stuff. So we, we had an atlas, And so we played the, um, the state game and we played the state capital game and all that stuff. So I'd always wanted to travel to all these states. And then when he told me about that, I was just like, that's, that's, mind-blowing I remember right where I was standing in my kitchen when he told me that um, it just wasn't until recently that I had the vacation time saved up that I could actually you know have the vacation time and the money that I could afford to travel the way I wanted to
1: Bons do you know how many uh, U.S. slams Doc has I know he's got multiple he's got like three is that right or do you know
2: I think he's at four and I think I think he said he's close to getting number five.
1: Wow, that's incredible. So, my uh, my follow up question to that: Do you have plans to get a second one, or I know I know you just completed completed it last year, so maybe it's a little early in the game for you to decide, you know, whether or not you want to actively pursue another one. But is this something that's kind of sitting in the back of your mind, like hey, I want to do this again, maybe not in like five yeah. years or something, but maybe <laughs> uh, maybe stretch it out a little more the next time.
2: Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, you know, there was a bunch of states that I really want to go back to and want to revisit. And that's kind of my plan is for those states to go back and visit them first. Um, um, and then there's some other states that I don't really want to go back to. But if I want to do it, if I, if I'm going to need to. Um, Rhode Island is one of those states. You know, I'm going to have to go back to Rhode Island at some point. So, you know, it is what it is, but yeah, I do want to get at least two. Um, But really at, at this point, I just want to, I just want to travel and turkey hunt. And if I get two great, if I get five great, if I get 10 great, I'm not, I don't really care about the number after that. I just want to travel and turkey hunt.
3: That was kind of my question next is just like, how important, I guess, is it to, are you ranking like the experience versus like the accomplishment so the the experience would be like going to those states that were your favorite experiences and and getting on birds or just the accomplishment of knocking something out again
2: um more of just the experience i would say you know at this point i just want to i just want a turkey hunt (laughs) especially now when it hasn't happened in a long time you know i just want to be back out in the woods and i want to hear a turkey gobble so Bontz, how old are you? Thirty-five.
0: Thirty-five, man. So, I mean, I wouldn't consider thirty-five to be an old guy. Like, definitely not old <laughs> enough to be like, um, even questioning being able to pull off pull off doing it a second time. Like, seems like not even
2: a question. Like, sure, freaking go do it. Yeah, I'm just not going to hit it with the same intensity that yeah I did before. And really, you know, that it kind of goes back to I knew at some point my wife was going to get pregnant. And so that kind of was a big motivating factor. And it was like, all right, I got to I got to try and get as many states down as I can while I can. Um, Cause I knew once I had a kid that that was going to slow me up. And I did I had my daughter um, in August of this past year in 2022. So right after I finished the slam, I have my daughter. So that was a big motivating factor in that last season to really try to, you know, get it done. Um, but yeah, it's, you know, it's still there. Just it's different. I don't have that same drive to, I have to go at least I say this now, Come the day that I shoot a turkey, then, you know, whenever that might be again, hopefully it's this spring, hopefully it's this month, but whenever that happens again, you know, hopefully I'll have that same drive to to keep pushing like I done. But right now it's kind of, I just want to slow it down a little bit more.
1: Did you plan that August birth? Because I planned my August <laughs>
2: birth. <laughs> <laughs> um not not really it, no, without getting into too many details like I said we've been trying for a couple of years so at that point it was kind of uh whenever at first
1: mm-hmm.
2: I might have been trying you know like intentionally <laughs> <laughs> but after after a few months, I was like, OK, now we just kind of need to let things let nature run its course. So,
1: yeah, my wife was pretty. I think she was had to have been extremely annoyed with me because I was you know, looking at my calendar. It's like, OK, nine months, you know, th- these three months here, March, April and May. We don't need to be do- going away for or be locked at home for a week and a half or, you know, however many weeks at the hospital and after it, after the hospital and so on and so forth. Yeah, she was she was over me. Uh, trying to plan out a berth. Uh, so but good timing nonetheless. <laughs> Congratulations <laughs> on not missing a weekend.
0: Congrats. Uh,
1: Congrats to that right. swimmer. <laughs> yeah. That but,
0: one <laughs> that one knew its uh knew its
1: job. My uh mm-hmm. my actual my actual turkey hunting question uh was uh how do you go about planning you know something like this like for a season or or for a spring when you're gonna hit X of states? Are you trying to hit you know, states that are close together where you can knock a handful out or a few out in a week or a little over a week, a little under a week, so you don't have to travel so far between them? Or what's um, what did your quote-unquote war room look like when you were mapping all this stuff out over the last few years?
2: Well, I don't know if you can tell, but behind me here, there's a map. Um, and yeah, I look at that thing all the time and I look at it on it. and every other aerial map. I do, especially in the beginning stages, it was more, okay, if I can come to this location and try and knock out or three of these states, you know, and get it into a cluster. Um, Once you've, and I know a lot of people don't decide to start hunting or pursuing the slam until they've got 15, 20 states or so. And so that complicates things immensely because now you have to try to, you've picked... You know these states across the country now you've got to try to figure out how to group a couple of them together and sometimes it may not be that easy to group those states together um like for example nevada last year nevada was the only thing i had out west for me to hit so there wasn't a way for me to group that into another into a swing um i was able to to do it though with my dad and my brother who didn't have california so when we were able to check nevada then we went to california and they were able to hunt. Um, unfortunately, they didn't um, get a bird in California. So now they both have to go back to California. But we were able to kind of do it that way. So um, to summarize, though, just the planning, a lot of it was I want to go hunt this one lo- this location. And so let me do the research on that location and figure out what it is that I need to know to hunt that the birds in that state, whether it was a Miriams, whether it was a Rio, whether it was whatever. And most of the time I didn't really care what the subspecies of the bird was just for a while it was, I didn't have white tips, you know, and I wanted to hunt turkeys with white tips. So then it was like, all right, what turkeys have white tips, let's go hunt there, you know? And that was, I just wanted that bird and planned it out that way. And then, like I said, 2020 was a huge year and a totally that year changed everything because of COVID states were shutting their seasons down. They were not selling tags. It was pandemonium, um, you know, and trying to figure out how to plan around all that stuff was, was tricky, but that was a, a very good year for me.
3: Monson. You're talking about traveling around, man. Like, how? What? What percentage of the time are you trying to fly? Are you one of these guys that that you mind to get on an airplane, or would you rather drive? Like, what does that look like for you, especially going somewhere, say, like the middle of the country, Kansas, Oklahoma? Where, where's your preference at?
2: Oh, I absolutely prefer to drive. Um, a hundred, a hundred percent. This year, uh, I'm planning on heading back to New Mexico and I'm going to drive from here to Tennessee, and then from Tennessee to New Mexico, and then I might hunt Colorado. I haven't figured out the tail end of that trip yet, but it's probably gonna be somewhere out west, and then I'm gonna drive 30 some plus hours straight to come back to work. Um, So I would absolutely prefer to drive. I only flew to two states, and that was to Arizona, or three states, Arizona, Nevada, and Hawaii. And I would drive every single time if I could. I don't have anything against planes and planes, especially if you are trying to work around a work schedule and you can only group together a handful of days. Flying is absolutely mandatory, but I just prefer to have my stuff with me while I'm hunting. My truck is set up. It's got a cot in the back. Um, so I can sleep back there. I've got a drawer system. All of my stuff is there. I know no matter what I encounter, everything I need is in that truck when I pack it in springtime. So I would prefer to drive, but I will fly if I need to.
0: Bonds, I think everybody's probably wondering the same question. Like it, it's such a good starter question too, for a lot of this podcast. Do you have a favorite and a least favorite state?
2: Favorite state, and I hate to blow it up even more because I have a bunch of friends that are there right now, and they say that the amount of hunting pressure is ridiculous. Um, but Hawaii is my favorite state. My least favorite state is probably Rhode Island. Okay, if I had to make, break it down to two,
1: what makes Rhode Island your least favorite?
2: It's tiny. I mean, and I know, <laughs> I know that's. Coming from Delaware, you know, that's saying something, but it's, it just feels tiny. Whereas Delaware's got a lot of fairly decent sized ag fields. Um, it's just open. We've got a lot of open ground. Rhode Island feels small and it feels kind of claustrophobic to me almost because there's not a lot of really big ag fields, at least not in the places that I hunted. And it just feels tiny. It just, the way that the state's figured out, It just it's, it's just tiny and the wildlife areas are small. I didn't find a whole lot of turkeys on the state wildlife areas. You can hunt on private property that's not posted in Rhode Island, so that does help a little bit, but then I ran into some guides that, you know, thought that they owned the entire state, and it just, I did not enjoy the state of Rhode Island.
1: Uh, I kind of want to get back to um, your flying uh, and tips on flying, because i have flown for a handful of trips and as far as efficiency goes you know when getting somewhere in a half a day or even a full day versus two full days of driving and you're zapped by the time you get there uh my situation is is different because i fly a lot for work i get a lot of airline points i haven't paid for a personal flight in 10 years probably so i know i my situation is different, but it's so easy to accrue points, uh, like through like Southwest. Um, if you have a Southwest credit card and especially if you have one for business, I've got a farmer friend of mine he gets like companion pass every year, which involves, uh, getting like a hundred thousand points on, uh, on that Southwest credit card, but he buys like equipment and stuff like that with his, so he can rack it up pretty easy, but just, um, just like everyday Joe Blow like like us, like if you have a credit card and you pay off that credit card every month, you can build up, you know, 20 something thousand points easily and that'll get you out west and back. Now, you might not be able to get your, you know, your super slam in a handful of years just taking a, one trip like that. But it, I think people are intimidated to fly and I don't think they should be because it is super easy to check a shotgun mm-hmm. on an airplane and go somewhere it's super easy to get turkey meat and turkey pelts fans whatever back in a carry-on bag now you uh, say
0: that didn't it didn't uh you not get turkey fans and pelts back on a flight
1: well full disclosure that was from <laughs> mexico okay. uh in the uh, quick story We'll, we'll tell that story real quick. Uh, my buddy Jacob and I went down to Mexico <laughs> and shot some Goulds turkeys last year and on the way back. Uh, so we had to cross over the border uh, down there in Douglas, Arizona, and U.S. Customs had to inspect the birds or inspect the pelts or whatever. We caped them out and everything. And uh, we basically had them in a little in a garbage bag that was probably eight inches wide by, I don't know, 16 inches, you know, long, super tiny, you know, by the time you cape them all out and everything, they're pretty compact. And so they inspected them. We had them wrapped up in black garbage bags. They inspected them. They wrapped them up in bright yellow U.S. customs labeled tape. And so we just had them in this cooler. Uh, We taped up the cooler, checked the cooler at the airport up in uh, Phoenix is where we flew out of. And TSA for some reason, uh, we had my bird, Jacob's bird, uh, my buddy Chris Jenkins had two birds in there, and his son also had two birds. So we had six birds in this cooler, and they misplaced like three or four of them. Uh, TSA did. They kept. They found. They uh, left my bird in there. They left one of Chris's birds in there, and hmm. they lost basically the rest of them. Now, how, I don't know, because ours, um, our christenized birds were, like, on the top of the cooler, so they would have had, when they would inspected this cooler, TSA, at the airport, they would have had to remove christenized birds, take all the other ones out, and just put ours back in. Uh, so, yeah, long story short, um, TSA lost a handful of birds, but that was TSA that was customs uh, that I think that was an off the off chance that that happens normally when Jacob and I travel when we've traveled the last handful of years we haven't really had any issues knock on wood Uh, our guns have made it uh, unscathed Um, we haven't lost any you know meat or anything coming back Um, and uh, if it's Like I said, it's a lot simpler than people think and people shouldn't be intimidated by it. So do you have any particular tips for, you know, flying or anything that maybe somebody doesn't really think of when they go to fly to go hunt somewhere?
2: I'm always worried about um, not having my stuff with me. So in my carry on, I will carry like my I use a leafy jacket generally that will be in my carry on with me or a camo shirt and then maybe a thin pair of camo pants or something. Um, and then with the gun, I put some camo clothes as well. So that way, if my other check bag doesn't show up, I'm going to have some type of camo clothes that I can go hunt and um, my turkey calls are going to be on me. You know, really, I, it would, It would suck to not have the other check bag with my vest and all that stuff in it. But I could get by with what's in the gun case and what's on my person. So I could make that whole system work if I needed to. So if I lost one bag, I'd still be good. Um, And just try to make everything be nice and easy for the TSA agents. I mean, I've always gone in there and been like, even if it's early in the morning, you know, I'm not necessarily a morning person where I want to talk to people, but I try to put on a smile and I try to talk to them and, you know, I'm just asking them how their day is. And I just try to be nice and friendly. And then generally they have given me no issues. Um, actually I think the air's no, the Nevada trip, my, um, gun case was actually over 50 pounds. And, um, she saw, put it on the scale, saw that it was like 51 or 52 pounds and just kind of pushed it up with her toe a little bit to where it didn't read 50 pounds (laughs) on the scale and then said, here you go. And, and I was good to go. I mean, so, you know, just trying to be nice and friendly is probably the biggest, uh, the biggest piece of advice that I can give you is just, just be nice to them. And, you know, understand that this is just, they're doing their job and they're trying to get paid for it and go home at the end of the day. So why why make it complicated for them?
3: Go ahead. Go ahead, Joey.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say when uh, when you roll up there and you're going to check a gun too. I I basically I don't want to degrade those people uh, because they don't know about guns. But you basically have to, or I almost take the gum up, take the gun apart and then put locks on the gun parts. You know, just to give that uh, the the person at the counter the peace of mind. They I mean, who knows when you fly into like California, for instance, or in some of these states that have pretty crazy gun laws, like a gun may be intimidating to those people. And as much as we want to, you know, kind of stick out our chest and not really worry about what everybody thinks, those people can just, like you just said, Bontz, they can just basically tell you to about face and go home and just not let you on the plane. Uh, they, <laughs> they they kind of have all the power to do that. Um, so, yeah, I take, you know, I take the bolt out of the gun. I put, gun locks, you know, the cable locks through everything. I make it to where when I open up that gun case, somebody that doesn't know anything about guns, firearms or anything can see, okay, well, I know what a lock looks like. Um it's running through there. That looks like where maybe uh some kind of ammunition might go in. I don't know. I just try to like make it as safe looking as possible. And yep. then uh uh yeah, like you said, just be super patient. Don't don't be that guy at five in the morning when you're trying to catch a flight uh uh, just uh do whatever they say and just deal with something else later i mean you just have your your goal to get on that plane and go so just do whatever they say
3: yep exactly i was gonna say my my nightmare story last year was i got to the to the airport Got my gun case out. I locked it up on the counter and the automatic says, man, I'm sorry. You're going to have like, I didn't even open it up. And he said, you're going to have to turn around and go get some new locks. And I was like, what? So I, you know, I, I tried opening my case and basically you could open my case, maybe a quarter of an inch with those locks on there. And he's like, that's just not going to work. So I literally had to get all my crap, go down the stairs, get back onto a, a bus, hit the long-term uh, terminal. Cause I was going to be out there almost a whole week. Go to a Walmart. Man, you talking about like I'm sprinting through the parking lot, sprinting back to my truck, sprinting back through the airport, get back there. And honestly, the locks I bought, I don't think they were any shorter, but the guy's like, it's fine. Just whatever. <laughs> so this year, like I'm already stressing out because I'm getting on a plane in about <laughs> a couple weeks here and I'm thinking about the same thing. Like, man, I need to go find, procure me some locks that locks this thing really, really down tight, which... Um, I don't know if anybody out there has some suggestions on that, I'll take them, but I don't really want to go buy a new gun case with uh, with the locks built in.
2: I actually have a similar story when I was flying back from Arizona. Um, I dropped off the so I killed my bird in Arizona, drove to the Grand Canyon, watched the sunrise of the Grand Canyon, it was absolutely gorgeous. Changed my flight so I could come home a day early because I'd killed earlier than I thought I was going to in Arizona. Changed my flight get to the airport i'm thinking everything's good i'm there you know hours beforehand i'm not stressed at all i go into the um, through the airport after i dropped off the rental vehicle go to check in the bag and i just happen to look at my gun case and there's no locks on it and then i remembered that the locks that i had were in the rental car that i had already dropped off so i had to run back to the rental car place they had immediately, and I don't know how they did this, because I brought them back a very dirty truck. A very, It was a <laughs> suburban or something, and it was very, very dusty, very dirty. But they had immediately turned around and reissued that vehicle. So they didn't have that, issue, that vehicle anymore. Um, after I finally got a hold of somebody, we're talking like two hours after I had dropped it off, I was back in there still waiting for them to give me an answer as to where this vehicle might be. Then fi- somebody finally told me, Oh no, we already had issued that vehicle out. That's why we can't find this vehicle anymore. And I'm like, well, I need the locks that I had left in that vehicle. And so one of the people that worked there was like, well, I'll take you to an auto parts store or something or down on the street. and We can buy locks. And I'm like, okay, well, do you have an auto zone? You know, I work for AutoZone. I know we actually have the lock that I need for my gun case in order to, for this to work. I'm like, do you guys have an auto zone? And she's like, Uh, yeah, we have an AutoZone. So we go to Napa, which is not AutoZone. Napa (laughs) does not carry these locks, right? So I'm like, all right, where, where else can we go? And she's like, well, there's a Dollar General. And I'm like, I don't think a Dollar General has it. But okay, so she takes me to the Dollar General. Nope, they don't have it either. I'm like, do you have a Lowe's, a Home Depot or something? They had a Lowe's, I think it was. We go to Lowe's. I go running into the Lowe's. And I'm like, do you guys have padlocks? And the woman that was, you know, waiting on me, she's like, what's a padlock? And I'm like, a lock and a key, you know? And so she goes, oh, it's down this aisle, right? So I go down there and it's just the door locks. It's not acting like a door <laughs> handle lock, not actually. So I'm running through Lowe's now at this point at full tilt, finally find the locks, buy the locks, come out, put them in, go running over to back to the airport. I jump out the guy that originally takes my gun he goes yeah we can just push it right through and i'm like no we need tsa like tsa's got to be here to check this thing and they're like no 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 we don't we can go and i'm like no this isn't gonna work but he takes the gun starts to go off somebody finally stops him and that guy goes through and now i'm talking there is minutes to my plane leaving the airport we're down to just straight minutes right they finally do all that stuff and i've got my backpack. Um, the gun, I had another check bag and then I had a cooler that was with me that had turkey meat in it. So I finally get up there, go through the, um, through the metal detector section and they pull apart my cooler and I'm, and I've got all the turkey meat wrapped in a bag, you know, with the ice in it. And I'm like, look, you can open it if you want, but it's two turkey breasts, two wild turkey breasts feel free to open it but i guarantee that's what it is that's why it's cold because it's in the water it's meat you know that's that's what it is so she finally says fine you can go i haul butt running through the phoenix airport trying to get back to my gate get to my gate and there's a woman there who's trying to scan her boarding pass with her phone and she'd been trying for 15 minutes and she was the second to last person on the plane i was the last person on the plane if she hadn't been trying to get her phone to scan i would have missed the flight well. Wow. Divine yeah. intervention. Oh, and then they lost my gun on the way back. They, they, oh. lost they did get it back Fred. to me like a week later, but it was it was it was an adventure.
0: Everything you just said further confirms that I'd probably just rather drive <laughs> everywhere. And uh it seems like that's that's the choice that you've you've uh, chosen as well.
2: Yes, but that was self inflicted. Had I paid better attention and taken the locks that I had already previously bought that I had flown with, they worked great. Had I just put them on the gun case, I wouldn't have had any issues. I was there at the airport like four hours early or something. I mean, I had all the time in the world, but it was all self inflicted. So, to
0: me, it feels um, like I definitely understand flying if if you have like just one place that you're going to go to, like these hunts that you're talking about, you went to Arizona, right? That just to do Arizona, they went to Nevada pretty much just to do Nevada. Um, but you talk about driving for most of your hunts. What does your like truck camp setup look like?
2: Um, I have a cot that's in the back and I have a memory foam mattress that fits on top of that. I've got a drawer system that I put a cooler on top of. Um, and so, yeah, I've got everything that I need in the back of that truck. In the front of the truck, I've got one of those clothes bar things that so way I can keep most of my clothes hanging up. Um, so I've got a cooler, I've got a tote a to- full of food. Uh, I've got a grill, one of those um, little small burners so that way I can make soup or whatever and coffee in the morning. And yeah, that's about it. I live fairly fairly cheaply when I'm on the road. And I'm a I'm assuming that's your that's like
0: your go to way of uh lodging for these hunts.
2: Oh yeah, absolutely. I that cot I sleep great right in. I mean, absolutely. And I have um Sunshades. They go up on the sides of the truck cap, and then on the back glass. So that way, when I'm in there, it, it is completely dark, and
3: um, I can sleep. I can sleep really good in there. bonds I don't know if you follow Parker, man, but he dirt bags it. Like he sleeps in the most <laughs> sketch places, like boat. And I don't know if you've been to many boat ramps down south, but like the boat ramps, that's where all the drug deals and like weird transactions that you don't want to be a part of happen. That's where Parker likes to go in camp, which it kind of freaks me out a little bit. I told him the last time we were together. I was like, man, can we like go to a Walmart or something? We still ended up at a boat ramp. Yeah. My question is, Pitch man. Pitch black, dark. How do you know I'm not just wanting to go there for the drugs? Dude, I, I don't know, but it freaks me out a little bit. The thing that freaks me out more is, is Parker. I, I shouldn't tell on him. We and him talk about handguns all the time. Like, I'm always carrying. Like, 100% of the time, if I can legally carry, I am carrying. Are you carrying on all these trips, or is it just like too much of a hassle with state laws, or you just got your shotgun, so you feel like you're good? Uh, For most of it, I did have a shotgun. I do have a permit to carry
2: in my state, so that gives me um, a good number of states that I can legally carry in. So if I know that I'm going to stop in a state that does not allow me to carry in, for example, New Jersey, New Jersey's gun laws are crazy. I can't even begin to understand them all. I know what the gun or what the laws are for shotgun. So I'm good there. Outside of that, I am not carrying a pistol anywhere near the state of New Jersey because I don't I just don't want to get in trouble for it. Um, and like I said, in a lot. Most of the country I can carry, so I will carry in most of the country. But again, if I know I'm going to a state that does not allow me to, then no, I'll just sleep with the shotgun or something. And there's some weird rules you got to pay attention to, like Virginia um, has a rule that you can't you can legally open carry in the state of Virginia, but you can't have a, um, a pistol at a rest area. Which wow. is weird. To me. Did, did you find she that out the hard way? <laughs> no, I was researching it because I was going to be driving through the state of Virginia, and I wanted to sleep at a rest area. You know, that was the, I was just traveling through Virginia, but I figured by the time I got out of work, where I, when I would get tired, that kind of stuff. So I kind of look ahead to see where I would be, you know, spending the night. And it was Virginia, and I'm like, okay, well, let me just real quickly look up the the rules. You know, I have the USCCA app, and so I looked it up, and it said that you can't. Uh, carry in a rest area, and I'm like, "Well, that sucks." <laughs> um, I'm, you know that I'm sounds not like say what I did, but you know, it's uh, it it makes you think a little bit, and it's
0: that I sounds like meticulous plant, like very, very. Sorry, Joey, I know you got your hand raised over there, but just on that, <laughs> it sounds like super meticulous planning. Like, yeah. like there's not a chance in the world that I would be planning a trip and think, "Hmm, I wonder if I can carry." at this rest area like just to look to research or to research just that subject matter in the first place i've got so many other things that i'm trying to research and think about that has to do with turkeys like is that is that a pretty good scope of are you getting that meticulous in your planning
2: i try to um my dad is a is very, very particular about all the rules and regulations of a given area that he is going to. And he wants to know every minute little law that he can. So that way he's staying on the right side of the law. And, you know, I try I try to do the the same thing. And there's a lot of weird laws out there with some of the states delaware for example is one of the weird ones because you can't use a actual part of a turkey while turkey hunting so you can't carry a turkey wing in your vest you can't if you're going to wow. use a decoy you can't put a real turkey fan on a decoy um but i'm going to be honest you'll be hard pressed to find that in the regulations like it's not one that's that's they advertise but a game warden here absolutely will give you a ticket for that so you know, just trying to learn all those rules, that's just what I've kind of grown up learning to do.
1: Out of um, out of all the states um, since you've completed your slam, or when you completed your slam, how many of those states were you self-filming in? I know the Bayside Legion's been around for a little while now. Uh, how far into the slam did you start filming everything?
2: Um Kind of from the beginning. I have filmed turkey hunting in 48 out of the 49 states. The only one is Tennessee because the last time I was in Tennessee was in 2008. And, um, yeah, but every other state I have filmed from, so.
1: You don't have to start filming in Tennessee right. either, just by yeah, the way. I mean, good. that's fine.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm – i'm going to i'm not sure it's <laughs> going to do anything but i'm gonna you know it's just part of who i am at this point so we don't and need i got to publicity. It, you know, one of my other <laughs> one of the other um slams you were talking about all the different types of slams one of the slams that i kind of came up with and that i want to do is you know film a turkey kill in all 49 states that i did and so there's a handful of states that i don't actually have the kill on film so Tennessee being one of them, Rhode Island being another one, another reason why I'm kind of dragging my feet to go back there, but I want to have to. Um, there's, you know, a couple that are like that. So Hawaii actually is one that I have to go back to because they don't have to go on film in
3: Hawaii. So The self-filming. But for don't worry, months. I will mention Yeah. again. Well, I was going to, yeah, I don't, you don't have to mention Tennessee again, and we don't want to see you here. So, uh, stay Jeez, the far man, as possible. yeah, <laughs> I'm just, hey, Bonds, I know kidding. a great sketchy boat ramp that me
0: and you can camp out at in Tennessee, <laughs> and we'll find you a white turkey. How about that? <laughs>
3: <laughs> no, man, you're, you're good. A, If you're welcome anytime, like if you got to Tennessee and you couldn't find a bird, which I don't think that's ever going to be a problem. But if you got here, you could, you could look me up on Instagram. We'd go together and I'd send you to a very sketchy boat ramp and we would at least be carrying (laughs) carrying that
2: night. No, I'm- Trust me, I have no intention to ever blow up a state that I that I visit. You know, I try Derek and I both try very, very hard with our filming to make sure that we don't share that. And I've even gone so far as to show film from a different day just to try to throw people off a little bit um it doesn't happen often but there's sometimes when you know i filmed something that was a dead giveaway and i cut the whole thing out and i maybe had to substitute you know like hearing a bird gobbling striking a bird i might have had to substitute that from a totally different state sometimes because where i had filmed where i struck the bird it might have been by the gate and it might have a gate or a very easily identifiable landmark. and i'm like i not going to use that and so you know you try to still tell the story but try to cover your tracks as much as possible
3: so how, how often do you want to just give up on the self-filming man like it, it has to be tough especially turkey hunt it has to be
2: that, well it depends on your level of dedication to the camera um my level of dedication to the camera isn't great Um, which is why i always say our footage is mediocre at best because i'm there to kill a turkey if it's on camera yes if it's not on camera yeah oh well (laughs) that's just how that one went um but i have tried to get a lot better at you know getting birds on camera as i have matured as a turkey hunter and as a um videographer you know tried to be better about it like arkansas You know, I had that bird on camera for, it felt like 30 minutes, but it was probably like 20 seconds. And I remember Derek looking at it and going, why were you waiting so long on that bird when he was standing right there? And I'm like, well, I was trying to like get good footage for once, you know? And so it was maybe 10 seconds, but in my my head, it felt like 30 minutes before I pulled the trigger.
1: So one thing i've uh, i've started asking guys like you that have either completed the slam or getting pretty close to completing it is uh do you ever have any desire to go up into canada and turkey hunt that's something i never hear anybody talking about and i'm probably going to wish that i would never even mentioned it now uh but i've been to canada oodles of times for work and it's absolutely gorgeous up there. You know, for the same reason that I would go hunt uh, Miriam's turkeys, I'd go to Canada and go hunt just to see the country and uh, just be a part of that landscape. Has that ever crossed your mind or even New Zealand or something crazy like that?
2: It's funny you mentioned that because here is my Ontario hunter card. Um, I'm hunting Ontario for sure this year. And if all goes well in Ontario, I will be in Quebec um and then uh next year i hope to go to british columbia so
0: are those are those rios
2: three provinces that where are
0: are they are they is it rios i know rios are what they have in like hawaii so i just assume that that's kind of like distribution is that the type of turkeys they have in canada
2: no in ontario and quebec it's easterns um and then in british columbia they might have some easterns because there are some easterns in montana um but most of them are miriams wow. okay yeah that makes sense
0: right there also i don't know mm. my canada geography so you said canada i wouldn't even think it anywhere close to montana
1: might as well say japan you know talking
0: to <laughs> yeah, like oh canada put another shrimp on the bobby you know <laughs> <laughs>
1: Ooh. that's so cool to me though like i mean people go to people go to all 49 states and they go do the they get the oscillated turkey down there but man i never hear anybody going to canada that's so cool to me i'm for sure gonna keep up with you just and with you that just blew it spring. up
3: joey yep sorry right. <laughs> sorry all our
1: our, our all our uh, canadians that are all a boot up there they're uh it just blew up their
2: <laughs> whole spot. <laughs> well, I can tell you this. It doesn't, from my research, it really doesn't look like there's a whole lot of public land that has turkeys on it in mm-hmm. either Providence, um, And it's kind of complicated. And it seems like a lot of the public land in Ontario, you've got to buy and be part of a member of a club in order to, like Why it's no? public land, but you've got to apply to be a, a, basically you donate money but then you you know mm-hmm. are a member of whatever society and so now you're allowed to hunt this society's land and so it's it's still public land but it's you know it's, to hunt it you've got to pay a little bit of extra money
1: it's quebec the king's land the
2: friggin to, french yeah land, but yeah. <laughs> yeah um quebec is even more challenging quebec and quebec is weird like ontario has normal kind of rules and regulations that i'm used to quebec is still a mystery to me and i'm planning on being there in a couple months but it's still kind of a it's still just a different a little bit different they seem very um relaxed about their rules and that worries me because i'm thinking i'm just missing stuff and i can't find it
1: yeah man that's awesome i'm super excited for you. I'm stoked now because I can't wait to see what all you stir up up there. Um, I'm super excited about that.
0: Bontz, just talking about different subspecies and things. I asked Shane this question last week. I'm interested to hear your answer as well. What is, do you have like a, like a subspecies of turkey that like, for me, when I think about Rios, I get giddy. Like they just make me happy when I think about going hunting Rios. Merriam's is pretty close to Rios too, but I just love hunting Rios. It's so much fun. Do you have one of those one subspecies that you're just like,
2: ah,
0: I wish I could do that every
2: day. Eastern's. Um. any of them, really, there's not really any particular subspecies. I like them all for different reasons. Uh, yeah. I love Eastern's because of the way they gobble. And there's nothing that gobbles like a hardwoods Eastern period, right. especially a Southern hardwoods gobble. There's nothing like it. And then the way that they drum down there, they just drum so freaking loud. Um, They are just a whole different breed almost. And then I love Florida because it's hard and it's challenging. And those birds, I swear to God, gobble softer. So they can be a lot closer than you think they are. And they're just they just gobble quiet. Marines are tough just because of where they live. Um, Rios, I'm not that attached to them um but you know they're still fun to hunt it's just they are like a subdued kind of Miriams to me they'll still run they don't run through the same type of terrain that a Miriam's, A Miriams will just go just straight up just like the birds in new mexico that i was at or after that one bird he just decided that he wanted to go up so he just went two thousand feet of elevation change and i mean it was like this just straight just straight up he just took off so I think- and then i like them because of that because that's so challenging
0: I think the reason I like the Rios so much and probably maybe even for a lot of turkey hunters, this is, it's this way. Like it's the attachment that I have to where they live. I like West Texas. That's where I was born and raised at. So going to any part of Texas and hunting Rios to me is just really a, 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 I appreciate it a lot. Just because I love that terrain. I love, like I, I took a shot of Rio last year in central Texas and I just couldn't stop taking pictures of it with a cactus. Like, for whatever reason, I was just like, this is cool. These are cool pictures. I like I like this. And then, of course, you got the mountain. You get beautiful views chasing Merriam's around. So I, I definitely understand what you're saying. Um, but you are correct. In what I've seen, like, traveling around, there's not a lot that beats a southern eastern. That gobble is first time i ever heard of merriam's i was like what in god's name is that what is that terrible sound because we're so used to it, the, just these hard gobbling birds um but that's cool man that's a that's neat do you have like a i i guess like mm, a favorite terrain terrain feature like talking about that like swamp hill country hardwood hills anything that you prefer
2: not i like not really wherever a turkey's turkeys gobbling i mean i grew up in delaware it's not pretty here but i also grew up hunting (laughs) south carolina river bottoms so i yeah i guess all right i'll say that south carolina river bottoms are probably one of those places where i just feel i feel home um i got to hunt there again last year and i hadn't been there since 2001 so in 2022 so was it 11 21 years 21 years um and it was just like, oh yeah, this is this is what I've been missing is being back, back down here in these river bottoms, hearing these birds gobble. It was tough for hunting. I got extremely fortunate and lucky. Um and you know, it was it was great to be back to where I kind of cut my teeth. But outside of that, wherever a turkey's gobbling, doesn't
1: doesn't really matter. <laughs> if I had to sculpt like the most perfect turkey hunting experience for me. So like when I get to heaven and Jesus and I go turkey hunting for the first time. So we're going to, there's going to be like Eastern birds in Miriam territory that respond to calls like Rio Grande turkeys. Like that's, that's (laughs) my, that's my perfect turkey hunting experience right there. Hard goblin Eastern in the mountains that run into calls like Rio Grande turkeys.
2: I love it. That would be a good one.
1: (laughs) I want to know. I want to know about.
0: um, I I don't want to blow up Hawaii necessarily, but the thing about Hawaii is like it's a pretty strong commitment to go and do that. Um, What was it? Did it almost feel for you like you were hunting turkeys in another country?
2: It felt like I was hunting turkeys on another planet. Yeah. I mean, Hawaii is so, so different and I cannot stress this enough to anybody that goes, and I've talked to you now quite a few people that have gone or are currently in Hawaii, and it is so totally different than what you, what you think. And especially, and I think it's more apparent than anywhere else I've ever hunted is the difference between public land and private land. There is such a huge difference. upon. So the state of Hawaii and the big island of Hawaii, which is the public land that you can hunt turkeys on, has a ton of public land. Very little of it can you actually hunt turkeys on. And when you look at OnX and you look at the acreage of the maps, it's like, oh, my God, that's a huge place, of you know, a huge chunk of land you can hunt forever. But it's it hunts so much smaller because the air is so much thinner at that high elevation where the public land is and that the turkeys are at that you can hear a turkey for two, three miles away. And so, yeah, you hear this turkey. He's way over there, three miles over there. And it might be a couple thousand feet of elevation change in addition to miles in a straight line. And then you've got all these ridges and valleys and gullies. And and then the rock, the rock is unlike anything else I've ever been. Every single footstep wants to roll your ankle, every single footstep. So you're just constantly like on edge trying to make sure that you don't trip and roll your ankle or fall down. I mean, it's I've never hunted a place quite like that. Um, it's brutal, and I want to go back every single year. What
1: well, Parker was really wanting to know is what kind of sketch boat ramps they really had in Hawaii. <laughs> 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 I'm sure I'm sure they have them, but I didn't
2: see any boat ramps that not up on that mountain anyway. That's the ultimate water access
0: uh turkey hunt
2: know
0: yeah, heck, yeah, that's awesome. Bontz, you um you got other guys that are a part of your your crew doing the things that y'all do. Um doing this chasing these states down, is there like a tension with I, I noticed that you you hunt a lot solo, especially while you were completing your, your slam. When you hunt with other people, is there this like kind of awkwardness of like Bontz is gonna be the first shooter because he's trying to complete this? or did you ever have it you know i'm talking about did you ever have situations like that
2: (laughs) yes uh so if you guys will go back through all of our videos in 2019 derek and i hunted together we went to south florida for the first time together and hunted down there and then we came back from there we headed out west for our first ever western swing we hunted oklahoma colorado new mexico and um in oklahoma so derek shot a bird in south florida great i was happy for him i didn't hear a single turkey gobble in seven days so we go to oklahoma he finds birds i was not finding birds al admitted i was getting a little salty uh the turkey i ended up shooting was one that he had roosted for me because i was kind of throwing a little hissy fit uh, we both shoot birds in oklahoma things are back things are back fine and then we decide because we finished up in oklahoma fashion than we thought so things we were trying to, you know, decide what to do. So we go to Colorado, which is where Derek's father had hunted a few years previously. And he says, oh, yeah, there's birds here. He walked in, shot a bird by 10 o'clock on his first morning. So I'm thinking, all right, cool. He's done some research. He knows what he's doing. So we get up there and there's a lot of snow. And by like a lot of snow, I mean like feet. Of snow and I was not prepared for feet of snow, and so we go hiking up through these mountains and we're looking at on X and I'm like, dude, there's no, there's no way we're doing this. Like this is like straight vertical and this is you know miles back in there and there's no like ridge line to get off. It's just up straight, up down, up down. I'm like, this isn't going to work. And so again, I got a little salty. Um, Derek missed a bird. I forget what day it was of the trip that I called across a river for him um so I was, like, I was a little salty so really it comes down to me again and just being you know I'd, I'd like to be solo i like to hunt by myself i will hunt with other people um but being on an extended trip like that just kind of cramps my style And then when derek tried a bird in colorado we were trying to decide, okay, do we stay in Colorado and hunt and try and get me a bird, or do we continue to our main plan, which was New Mexico, and go to New Mexico? We ended up going to New Mexico, so I had to go back to Colorado the following year. So,
0: yeah, I think for me, like, because I, I I know the reason I ask you that question because I've had those situations where I hunt by myself so stinking much, um, and and you just kind of get into your own. Your own routine, and also when you're creating content, there is that like that self-inflicted pressure of trying to create, right? And so, one of the things that I'm doing this year, which is is gonna, I'm actually really looking forward to it, is I'm just gonna take back seat on every team hunt that I go on. Um, the year is gonna be dedicated to trying to get the best quality footage that I can. Whether or not I'm the shooter, it doesn't really matter. I'll shoot next. But I have found that when I go and hunt together, we never actually have, me and whoever I go with, never actually have the conversation of, hey, I'll shoot first, you shoot second, you shoot first, I shoot second. Like, that's a hard, awkward conversation. So I say all that to say, like, to people planning this, that's definitely something to think about. It sounds really fun to go and do this with your buddies, do something like this with your buddies. But there are definitely going to be times when you don't shoot one or your buddy doesn't shoot one in the state that y'all are in. Um, So, man, it's, it's it's almost easier just to say, okay, I'm going to be second shooter. That way, whenever it's your turn to be shooter, you get to be shooter and you're designated shooter because I think there's a lot more value in that.
2: I would agree, and I would also say don't put a timetable to it. And don't, you know, maybe plan like the state, the first state that you go to. Plan that state and so like, okay, this is the state that we're going to hit. This is one, the one that we're going to focus on. If everything goes right, we'll hit state B. If somehow state B goes right, we'll hit C, state C. What Derek and I did, and I think we would do things different now, um, but what we had done is we're like, okay, we're going to hit Oklahoma. We're going to be there for a maximum of, you know, three days and then we're going to go to this state, and we're going to go to this state. So we have like a timetable. So that puts in an unfeasible amount of pressure on yourself to get it done in that time period for two people, you know, and it makes it it makes it a lot more stressful than it really needs to be. You should be having fun. And, you know, we were both green. It's only a couple of years ago, but we were both a lot greener as far as traveling to turkey hunt. We hadn't learned as much as we do now. And um, that's something that if I could go back in time and change is it would be to just pick state A. You guys both, you know, we both go there. We hunt that state. If we are good enough to kill birds in that state, then we'll go and look at the next state and kind of do what you said. Choose one person who's the first shooter. Choose a second person who's the second shooter. And then if you get to the next state, maybe rotate it, you know. So alleviate some of the pressure that we had run into.
0: Yeah. And and I think the I think the hardest part is actually having the conversation with your buddies, because everybody wants to like it's really easy to go in and say, like, whoever gets the first shot opportunity, take it. But then you spend the whole trip hunting that way, and that's not a fun way to hunt. It's just not. It's not fun at all. And so I think, you know, talking to people like you who have experienced it in 49 of forty nine states, you know, like you've had situations. There's just a lot of value in learning from guys like your experience. You're not very old, you know, but you've got a lot of turkey hunting experience under your belt. I know you've at least killed 49 birds, which is a pretty nice pat on the back. Like that's, that's a big accomplishment. And so that's one of the things with this podcast too, like with, with all of the Southern ground podcasts, but with limb Hanger specifically, um, we talk about with turkey hunting is like, it's so scenario based, um, like hearing the experiences from turkey hunters. We haven't really talked about tactics at all today it's all been in logistical planning type type podcast but hearing it from a guy who's experienced it is a pretty big thing Joey I know you and I both have traveled a little bit um you've done more like far out traveling for turkey hunting and so like you know exactly what I'm talking about like and I know Adam does too with some of the um Adam you've you've mostly traveled in the south right
3: I have just not done much traveling for the turkey hunt. Okay.
0: I did, I know you did, you did a little bit last year. Um,
3: got yeah. Your, got I your went to Florida, Florida last year and then, yeah. you know, I hit Texas on a different type of hunt. I'm going to do Texas for Rio's this year. So that'll be I'm kind of starting to spread my wings a little bit. But Joey, you've got a lot of,
0: uh, you do have a lot of experience. I know you and Jacob go out every year for a hunt. That's not close. Do you have any, like, any final questions to ask Bontz and kind of wrap up this podcast?
1: Um, I don't know. You know, Bontz really hit, he hit a lot of really good points. And I think when, uh, when you talk, you know, traveling and hunting, I mean, for anything, deer hunting, turkeys, whatever, I think the travel aspect is what's intimidating to people because you see all the time, um, Especially on social media, and I kind of hate to bring this up even more because it seems like we do it so often. Like people asking about X, Y, Z WMA in whatever state. Like I've never been there. What are some tips? What are what? I don't know. I'm not looking for any holes. You know, any honey holes. (laughs) I don't want your honey holes, but I don't want your honey holes. But I need to know where I need to go to find a turkey. Uh, You know, so it's it's intimidating to people, and so often the piece of advice, you know, that's, that's probably the first comment that pops up on one of those posts is get out there and do it. And as, you know, as simple as it sounds, you know, as, and it sounds like somebody is just trying to blow the dude off that, uh, that's uh, asking for advice. That's exactly what you have to do. You just have to go do it. And Jacob and I traveled for the first time back in 2019 uh, to Nebraska and man we just we just went and did it you know i just uh, i just wanted i was like hey i wanted to go kill miriams we're the closest place i can do that okay it's nebraska well let's go <laughs> and of course you know we did our homework and uh i've talked about it before and i'll probably say it again uh, throughout the course of this podcast series but i just love doing that detective work uh beforehand and trying to find turkeys on the screen before you find them in the woods but um yeah, Bots, you, uh, you really simplified things uh, for you to be, you know, you said you were 35, you know, mid-30s, already accomplished, you know, such an amazing feat, and you have a lot more time to do it, however many times over, I think it's a, it's very inspirational, you know, for somebody like you, uh, I'm, I'm not going to call you average, but you've got just a regular job, I mean, you, uh, and you've found time in the last handful of years to get this done, so major major kudos to you for getting all this accomplished congratulations
2: well thank you but i do kind of want to bring up a point that a story really if you guys have a a few minutes for it um so i was talking to my brother this year who is one of the people that's on my youtube channel um and he's filming with us as well and he's also trying to complete his slam and so him and i were sitting there talking um looking at the state of north dakota this year because he's wanting to get up there to Standing Rock. Um, and I'm not name dropping anything. There's only two Indian reservations that you can, can hunt as a non-resident. Standing Rock is the closest one for us. It's a pain in the butt to hunt. It's a nightmare to hunt. Um, it can be downright scary at times to hunt, to be honest. But so we were looking at it and um, I wasn't necessarily giving him any pointers exactly where to go. And he was just trying to figure out where some turkeys might be. And he was like, man, I don't know how how you can just pick a spot on a map and, and go here. And he showed me another state and he's like, yeah, this is the state I'm hunting. Where would you, where would you go? And I'm like, you, you kind of just build, you got to build that up. And he's had some bad luck in a few States. He went to Oklahoma and missed, he went to Mississippi and missed, and he went to Ohio last year and didn't have success. And so he's, he's trying to grow his wings. I'm like, look, you just got to get out there and do it. Don't worry about, Whether you have success in that state or not, just go and if you can learn something, then that hunt was a success. So if you go to Ohio and you don't find turkeys, guess what? You get to go back to Ohio and now you know something about Ohio. You know that there are not turkeys in this location. Okay, great. So now at least you know that at this time of the year, there aren't turkeys in this location. So you've learned something. So great. Now you've got knowledge right now. You can go back. The next time that you go back, you've got knowledge that you didn't have before. So the trip was a success. That's what I've always tried to, when I plan a trip, if I can learn something about the terrain, if I can learn something about that state, if I can learn something about anything about hunting there, then that hunt was a success, whether I actually killed a bird or not. That's, that's my goal is just to learn something about where I'm going, learn something about that different terrain because every state has a little bit different feel to it. And if I can learn something about it, then, then great. That's awesome. And the state was a success.
1: Yeah. The one piece of advice I'll give to anybody that's traveling for turkey hunting or deer hunting or whatever is if you don't know how to do anything else, you, you know how to walk. And if you walk enough, you're going to find something. You will stumble into a turkey. You'll stumble into a deer. And that's how Jacob and I found success, you know, over the handful of years. If we didn't know nothing else about a place, we knew how to walk to one end of it to the other, and we would find a turkey. Um, So when they say, get out there and do it, that's what they mean. Get out there, get to walking, and you'll find some within a couple of days, more often than not. So... Parker, Adam, you guys got anything else for Bontz before we uh, let him go for the evening? No, sir. Appreciate you coming on, man. Yeah, man. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah, I've really enjoyed it. And again, I am super excited about the the Canadian swing up there. Like I said, it's it's super unique. I don't think you'll hear of anybody else doing that this spring either. So no pressure, but uh, make some good things happen up there. Yeah. I can see that. Again,
2: if I can just go up there and learn something about Canada, I mean, I hunted in Alberta for ducks, never hunted in Ontario or Quebec. Mm-hmm. So if I get to do that and I get to learn something about it, the trip was a success. Yeah, so I, as long as I can get through and I don't get put in a Canadian jail,
1: <laughs> then, it, then I'm good. I would, I would imagine the Canadians are super nice, even even with their oh, jails. Yeah. But like I said, I've been up there a bunch of times for work. I absolutely love <laughs> Canada as far as the scenery. Uh, the people are super nice. Uh, you'll have a blast up there. I'm pretty confident. All well, right, guys. Uh, Hopefully
2: so.
1: Yeah, we'll uh, we'll let Bontz get to get to getting his uh, his canoes in order uh, for his Canadian trip <laughs> up there. And uh, in the meantime, y'all stay tuned. I think this Parker and Adam y'all are going to be turkey hunting here in the next uh, couple weeks.
3: Shoot, yeah, we are. Yeah, we'll be together. Parker said he's going to video me. Uh, yeah, said he didn't want to shoot. I so just, exactly what he just said I just said that now
0: everybody everybody who hunts with me is gonna be like I thought you said in that podcast like you're gonna be camera guy every single time no we start uh, I get to go I get to go down to South Florida on the 14th and then uh, meet up with Walter and Adam and Joey unfortunately uh, you're not able to be there on this hunt like you were no but um, no. it's gonna be a good time I can't wait to get after some osceolas
1: Yep, yeah, i'm excited for you guys all y'all boys y'all good have good luck this spring and uh we'll catch you next time
0: hey thanks for listening to the limb Hanger turkey hunting podcast hope you tune in next week for another great conversation about our favorite bird in the woods as the wild turkey we'll talk to you guys next week